Good stuff. Give him another big hand. That was fantastic. You notice there's a line in that song that says, Then he smiled at me, but it didn't say they smiled at him. You saw they, they don't smile. Drummers don't smile. I don't know what Mr. Leff is teaching them down there at Effingham, but, but they don't smile. Now the, now the singers smiled. I mean, the pretty boys back here, they got to keep it rolling, you know. They're winking and nodding and all that stuff. Anybody need more cowbell over here? That, that was good. Thank you. Josh, I needed more cowbell the other night. We were working on this, and I said, we need cowbell. And somebody found it, and we made it happen. All right. You ready for the word this morning? Amen. Let's look at Luke chapter 1 this morning. Luke chapter 1, and if you'll turn there to verse 46. We're going to get to this scripture here in a few minutes, but uh, this morning we're going to continue our stories, our Christmas stories series by looking at the Grinch who stole Christmas. All right, now I'm going with the original animated version. How many people have seen, let me see your hands, the original animated How the Grinch Stole Christmas? That's, that's probably everybody. Okay, good. So we'll all be able to, to get in what's going on this morning. Well, the original How the Grinch Stole Christmas premiered on CBS December the 6th, 1966. And the animated Christmas story that we're familiar with, it comes from the 1957 book written by the brilliant writer and illustrator Dr. Seuss. I mean, one of a kind is, is Dr. Seuss. And the story, the animator for this movie that we're so familiar with was Chuck Jones. Now, you may not know who Chuck Jones is, but you have seen his name roll in the credits at the beginning or the end of the greatest cartoons ever, Looney Tunes and Mary Medley's Can I Get an Amen, all right? There'll never be anything better than Looney Tunes, and Chuck Jones was uh, the animator, the same guy who did Looney Tunes did The Grinch. Now, the voice of The Grinch and the narrator was the well-known, at the time, Boris Korloff. And some of you remember he was a great choice because he had this scary presence because way back he played Frankenstein and the mummy, okay? So he provides the voice of the Grinch. Now, the story of the Grinch, we know it revolves around this hairy, ugly guy who lives in Whoville who hates Christmas. And early in the narration we learn this. Every Who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot. But the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. Okay, that was your part. And we learned that the reason why that the Grinch hates Christmas, there's a few reasons why. It could be that his shoes are too tight, remember that? Or maybe his head wasn't screwed on just right. Or it could be the most likely reason of all was that his heart was two sizes too small. Y'all going to preach with me this morning, aren't you? All right, you know this. Almost as much as you know the word, right? Okay, so the story opens with this song, the Who's singing this tune, Welcome Christmas. Now, if you think some of our praise and worship songs are difficult to learn, imagine if you came in one Sunday morning and you saw this on the screen. That's the, that's the opening line. Yeah, we're going to say this together. I'm not going to do it by myself. I'm going to make you do it too, all right? We're getting into the Grinch. Here we go. Fa who forays, da who dores, welcome Christmas, bring your light. Fa who forays, da who dores, welcome in the cold dark night. Welcome Christmas, Fahu Ramus. Welcome Christmas, Dahu Damus. Welcome Christmas while we stand heart to heart and hand to hand. All right, good job. Give yourself a hand. All right. Some of you had no idea what those lyrics were. Now you finally see them and you're like, wow, that is kind of out there. All right. So next time you have some lyrics that we're singing in worship, and you're like, what is that about? I don't, I don't know those words. At least it's not Fahu, Musru, or Rahu, or whatever all that Yahoo was, okay? 
Now, after the opening song, okay, we find the Grinch coming out of his cave. He's leaning over, looking down at Whoville, and he's making this opening statement about how much he hates Christmas. He hates all the noise, noise, noise that comes from the toys that the girls are going to get. He hates the girls and boys are going to get. He hates the decorations. And he hates the presents. And he hates the games. And he hates the feast. But most of all, above anything else, this is what he hates more than anything else down in Whoville. Let's watch this clip. They'll stand hand in hand those who's will start singing. sing, the more the Grinch thought, I must stop this whole thing. Why, for 53 years I put up with it now. I must stop Christmas from coming. But how? Then he got an idea. An awful idea. The Grinch got a wonderful, awful idea. what to do. The Grinch laughed in his throat. I'll make a quick Santa Claus hat and a coat. Now, I know some people, Christmas singing isn't their favorite thing, and Christmas music isn't the top thing they like to listen to, but I don't think there's anybody who hated Christmas music as much as the Grinch. And since it was music, hope you got that. It was the singing that pushed the Grinch over the edge. I want us to consider something for a moment. What is that one thing that you can think of that probably over the last month or so really for you indicates that Christmas is here? It kind of starts getting you in the Christmas spirit. Well, it's probably not in September when you're walking through the garden section at Walmart and they're already turning it into Christmas. And it's probably not that moment when you're pulling the Christmas tree out of the attic and you're, you're just praying that your sanctification holds up. Or when you get an invitation to one more party that you really don't have to, time to go to. I think that the thing that really makes Christmas Christmas is Christmas music. Any Christmas music people out there? I mean, now I'm a music person, but I love Christmas music. And when I hear Christmas music, it kind of gets, you know, me feeling about and, and sensing that Christmas is on the way. Now, let's think about the role that Christmas music plays during this whole holiday season time of the year. Now, Christmas is the only holiday of the year that has its own soundtrack. Think about that. In a month, you're not going to listen to Valentine's Day songs for a month. There are no Fourth of July songs for a month. There's not even any Thanksgiving songs that you sing leading up. I mean, Christmas has its own soundtrack. And imagine for a second, just think about it. What would it be like to go through December without Christmas music? None playing in the car. None playing at home. None on the radio, none in your TV and, and uh, movie specials. What if there was no Christmas music? It wouldn't feel like Christmas, would it? Because Christmas is, it, that's one of the biggest things is it's all about Christmas music. Now i got to tell you, for me, my favorite all-time Christmas album, and I'm going to say album is because I grew up on this big blue album that had Elvis on it, okay? Elvis 
Elvis's Christmas is my favorite Christmas album. And I had a spiritual experience two Thursday nights ago as I was driving over here one night. Well, maybe not spiritual, but I had an experience driving over here uh, to choir practice. And I was pulling up on my phone looking for Elvis' Christmas album. I hadn't listened to it much. And as I was pulling it up, I found a new Elvis' Christmas album. I'm like, how can there be a new one? I mean, he's been dead since 77, all right? But I find this where this arrangement where the London Philharmonic Orchestra has gone in and redone and they have they've put all of their voices and all of their um, instrumentation and behind Elvis's voice so they pull Elvis's voice out and they put all of this so I put it in and I'm like holy cow I mean it sounded unbelievable I mean horns and violins and voices around Merry Christmas baby so I'd do a little bit there for you. And I'm like, wow, that sounds good. So to me, I mean, when I start hearing Elvis Christmas, I'm, okay, I know it's here. You know, Elvis singing Old Little Town of Bethlehem. I mean, there's just not much better than that baritone voice of Elvis. But imagine that you had to go through the Christmas season without any Christmas music. Wouldn't seem like Christmas, would it? Now, for the Grinch who hates Christmas, he realizes that if he can get rid of everything that leads up to that moment when they walk out in the middle of the town and sing Fahu, Damu, whatever, okay, if he can get rid of everything that leads to that, then he can steal Christmas. And so, like we saw in the video, Dr. Seuss would describe it this way, the Grinch gets an idea, an awful idea, a wonderful, awful idea. He'll dress up like Santa instead of bringing uh, presents. He'll steal everything away, and his plan works perfectly. He steals every decoration and every ornament and every tree and every present and goes in the, and gets the who hash and the who pudding and the who roast beast. I mean, he steals everything, and he's heading back up the hill home with all of his loot, all of Whoville's loot, and then he's thinking he's just going to sit back and revel in the fact that there will be no Christmas this year in Whoville. And let's see what happens. to the Who's he was grinchily humming. They're finding out now that no Christmas is coming. They're just waking up. I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a minute or two. Then the Who's down in Whoville will all cry, Boo-Hoo. That's a noise, grinned the Grinch, that I simply must hear. He paused, and the Grinch put a hand to his ear. And he did hear a sound rising over the snow. He started in low. Then it started to grow. sounded glad. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. And the Grinch with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and 
puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes or bags. He puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. I find it interesting that the very thing that the Grinch hated the most, singing, was the thing that ultimately turned his heart. And it would cause his heart to grow three sizes from its already shrunken state. And we've already learned this morning something about what that song that the Who's sang and what it represented. But as we just heard, he learned a valuable lesson that Christmas came without ribbons, it came without tags, it came without packages, boxes, or bags. And then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. Now, as a house full of believers in Jesus Christ and followers after Him, we would say amen to that, right? We know that Christmas is a little bit more than packages, boxes, and bags. And just like the Who's down in Whoville, our singing... Think about this, reflects the deep meaning of this time of year for us. Think about some of the Christmas carols that, that we sing. We talked two weeks ago about Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Listen to these lyrics. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Some strong theology. What about Silent Night? Everybody knows the lyrics of Silent Night. But the third verse, listen to the third verse of Silent Night. Silent Night, Holy Night, Son of God loves pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. And then my favorite Christmas carol is O Holy Night. And we haven't sang that yet this season. We're holding it for next Sunday morning. We'll sing it on Christmas Eve. But I love the third verse that says, Truly He taught us to love one another. His law is love and His gospel is peace. Change shall He break for the slave is our brother. And in His name all oppression shall cease. Now I don't know about you. But the reason why for me that when I sing Christmas songs... That I love them and it sets me in the place where I need to be for the season is because it does something deep inside my soul. It does something deep inside of me that isn't tied to gifts and decorations and trees. Because here's the thing. In two weeks when Christmas is over, I can still sing those songs out of my soul. In the middle of February, I'll still be singing these songs out of my soul with my head back like the Charlie Brown singers or holding hands with somebody like the Whoville singers coming from my toes, coming right out of everything that is within me because I know what it is that I'm singing about. Probably the most popular contemporary Christmas carol that there is is Mary Did You Know. And Buddy Green and Mark Lowry wrote this song back in the 90s. And in the first verse, they asked that question. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? And this child that you delivered will soon deliver you. So did Mary know? Well, we're going to answer that question here, kind of, this morning. Look at Luke chapter 1, verse 46, what we read just a moment ago. And, and let me set this up for you. We've not read this passage yet, this Christmas season. Mary has found out that she's pregnant with Jesus. She's also found out that her relative Elizabeth is pregnant too. So she's making the journey to Judea to go see her, to see her and visit her. 
So she's made that long trip. And in verse 39, it says this, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a, to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Now listen to this. And it happened that when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe leaped in her womb. Now that's the baby that's inside of Elizabeth, which we find out later is John the Baptist. So when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. We've read that a lot through the years, right? But think about that. Wow, that's huge. Then she spoke out with a loud voice, Elizabeth speaking to Mary, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Now Elizabeth's already putting things together. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed. For there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, now it says Mary said, but this was a song. Mary starts singing, okay? We're talking about singing this morning. Mary sings right here and she sings, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant for behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed for he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation he has shown strength with his arm he scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts he's put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly he's filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers to Abraham and to his seed forever and Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house we're talking about Christmas songs this morning how many Christmas songs can you think of that are in the story of the birth of Jesus well immediately you think about the song that we think about first of all is the one that the angels sang to the shepherds right but in the story of the birth of Jesus there's actually four original Christmas songs Christmas carols about the birth of Jesus in Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 1, the one we just read, is Mary's song. Later on in Luke chapter 1, Zechariah has a song that he sings. In Luke chapter 2, the angels sing their song. And later on in Luke chapter 2, we find Simeon singing a song as well. But the passage that we just read is the first Christmas song Surrounding the birth of Jesus, and it's sung by the mother of Jesus. Now, this song is sometimes titled The Magnificent. Because translated from the Latin, that first word, which is glorifies, is magnificent. So sometimes you might hear, you might have heard or that this song is called The Magnificent. But I want you to think about what we just heard Mary say and sing. Think about where this is coming from. Okay? This is coming from a young girl, a young pregnant girl, a young unmarried pregnant girl. Probably a little scared, probably a little anxious, probably a little unsure about what was going on. But she sang what I'm going to call this morning a soul song. Mary sang soul music before Motown invented soul music. She had a song that came from her soul based on what she did know. Mary, did you know? Mary did know something. She knows some things. And out of what she knew and what she had experienced from her relationship with God, she sang this song. And there's a few things I want you to notice this morning about this song. First of all, she rejoices with praise. So if you're taking notes, here's number one. She rejoices with praise. She says, it opens up, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. 
Now, this sounds real similar to another song that another pregnant woman sang in Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 2 named Hannah. And if you look at that verse, Hannah prays and says, My heart rejoices in the Lord, and the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy besides the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. So notice the words that Mary used. It's like an echo. She knew the scripture. So that, that may have been in her soul. That, that song that Hannah had sang might be part of what's coming out of her when she says, My soul, the inside of me, the, the guts of me, magnifies the Lord. I make God great. I extol Him. I praise Him. I lift Him up. I magnify who? The Lord. The, the recognition of the Hebrew word for God was the Lord. She says, I rejoice, I'm glad, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this. Nervous? Yeah. Scared a little bit? Yes. But is she excited? Absolutely. I am rejoicing. Anybody ever heard of an of a unplanned pregnancy being rejoiced over like that? I mean, she's rejoicing over the fact that this is going to happen. And then she calls him Savior. My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. The one who is coming to save me, who's coming to save all of humanity, who's coming to turn this world upside down. Now what does that mean for us? You know what it means for us. It means that as we walk through this Christmas season, we got eight days left. Some of you have, may have more on the back side with vacation and other trips to other places. But our souls, as Mary did, should magnify the Lord. We should be filled with that same type of joy and awareness that Jesus is the center of the season and our spirits should rejoice. Psalms 57 verse 8 is a good verse that kind of tells us what should happen. It says, Awake my soul. Wake up, soul. You got something to be happy about. You got something to praise God for here at this time of year. I thought about Psalms 103. We're talking about soul singing, not Motown soul singing, all right? Not Stevie Wonder and all that soul singing, but we're, we're talking about soul singing. Listen to this soul singing in Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all, all, all that's in me. We've heard that a million times. Can I part right there for a second? All. Everything that is in me, all. Everybody say all. All that is in me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Anybody got benefits at work? Sometimes they run out, don't they? Sometimes they call and say, we don't have those benefits anymore. But the, the benefits of God doesn't change because the Word doesn't change. Amen? What are the benefits? Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction? You need some more? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? You want some more? Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? Mary rejoices with praise and that should be our response to this season. Here's the second thing. Mary responds with humility. Now look at the verse, the next verse, verse 48. She says, For he, meaning God, has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. Talking about herself. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. Was she saying, well, everybody's going to know my name? No. She was very humble about what was happening. She wasn't arrogant. She wasn't cocky. She wasn't bragging. She wasn't taking for granted what was going on. She realized that she was absolutely nothing, nobody, a maidservant. She didn't deserve it. It shouldn't have happened to her. But she realized his God has regarded my lowly state. I don't know why. I don't know how he picked me, but he picked me. 
And somehow in this Christmas season, that part of her song should be a part of our song that we should respond in humility that again, we realize, God, how did you pick me? How did I find out? How could I know of all the billions of people on this world, present and past, how would I know that Jesus came to save and to deliver and to heal. God, thank you that I know that you came. Some people say sometimes, well, I'm just not worthy. I'm not worthy to, to accept the Lord. You're right. None of us are. And there's... You want me to get on chair again? I won't do that this way. There is nothing. Everybody say nothing. There is nothing that we can do or should do to earn it. I need, a, I need a Hulk Hogan right there. What? Amen. There's nothing that we can do to earn it. When we start trying to earn what He's given freely, we're putting ours with His and saying there's something we can do to get it. Mary said, there's nothing I could do to get this. It showed up on my doorstep. Because I just happened to be in a relationship with God and He chose me. And thank you, God, for choosing me. This season should reflect in our hearts, thank you, God, for choosing us. Thank you, God, humbly, that we can experience you. So, we rejoice with praise. We respond with humility. Here's the next thing. We recognize His strength. Listen to what Mary, Mary starts saying here now. Verse 49. For he is mighty who's done great things. Holy is his name. His mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown his strength with his arm. So Mary knows the scriptures, right? She knows the stories of old. Somebody's told her. So she's saying, he's shown his strength with his arm. He's scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He's put down the mighty from their thrones. Mary starts talking about all those who tried to come against God in the Old Testament. All those stories of old. She's saying, people tried to rise up against God, but it didn't happen. He's filled the hungry with good things. And he has sent away the rich empty. See, Mary's words prove that she had a clear understanding of the might, of the greatness, of the holiness, of the strength. Of the provision of God. Now why would Mary, the one who was chosen to carry Jesus, why would she need to declare these things? Why is that important to her at this point? Well, if you're putting yourself in her shoes, again, she's, there's a lot of confidence in what she's saying. She knows her place in God, but she's humble and she needs, with what's in front of her, She's a young woman who's about to get married. Okay, everybody who's married knows that's enough. That's enough on your plate right there. Marriage is tough. All the married people, nobody wants to say it or even nod, but I'm just going to say it for, for you. Marriage is hard. It's work, right? Oh, well, y'all, y'all are so sanctimonious. Y'all better get down here right now. <laughs> Marriage is work. It's not easy like you thought it would be. Mary had no idea what was coming. Young girl getting married. On top of that, what else has she got? Now she's pregnant. If she, if she was a virgin, she was waiting. So she was doing the right things. But now she's got to walk with all that. And everybody see that. She was respected and now she's not respected. So she's got all this going on. In her soul she's singing. But part of her singing is to rehearse and tell herself... It's going to be okay. Anybody ever do any singing to God in worship that's mainly for you so that you're kind of telling yourself it's okay. God's got this. I'm going to make it. He's strong. He's mighty. He's powerful. He's provider. He's healer. He will take me through whatever I'm going through. Anybody? Anybody ever have to sing not just for Him but for you? 
I think that's part of Mary's song right here. I think she's saying, God, you're strong and you're awesome. And your, your, your uh, record of, of the history of who you've been says that you'll take care of me through what I'm about to go through. She just starts rehearsing it over and over. And she's filled the hungry with good things. And the rich, she sent away empty. She's rehearsing those things. So she's building herself up in the Lord. It's kind of like what we just read in Psalms 103. It's like she's saying to herself, Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all His benefits. Forget not, Mary, everything He's done for you. This situation, don't know how we're going to get through it. Don't even know if, I hope Joseph is going to go all the way with me. How is this going to work? Where's the baby going to be born? How am I going to be the mother of the Son of God? But forget not all His benefits. Now Mary's facing an overwhelming situation. And I just want to remind you today, if you're facing an overwhelming situation in your life today, one of the best ways for you to get through it and over it and in between it and beside it and carry it is to rehearse what God has done in the past. To rehearse who He is. To read the Word and, 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 and read it over your life and declare the things that she declared in her life, recognizing who He is, recognizing what He's capable to do. So Mary's song starts with rejoicing with praise. Then she responds with humility. Then she recognizes His strength. And the final thing that Mary does in response to this baby that's about to be born is she remembers His faithfulness. This is, this is awesome. How she ends this song. She says, He has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy as He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to His seed forever. Now Mary has gone way, 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 way back all the way to Abraham. So that tells me she knows something about the history of Israel. She knows something about the promise that was given to Abraham. Let's look at it in Genesis chapter 22. When after Abraham got through the, um, the situation with Isaac, he was about to, to kill him in obedience to God. And God spoke to him and he said, in Genesis 22 verse 15, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham for a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed because you've obeyed me. When Mary was making those words about Abraham. She was recalling that moment when God had promised to Abraham, through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Mary, did you know? She knew. She knew. She was starting to connect the dots. And I wish, you know, any of y'all have a, a list Somewhere in, in, filed away in your mind of the questions you're going to ask when you get to heaven. Here's one of mine. And I just added it this week. I, I want to know, when was that moment when Mary and Joseph were sitting down and they were having this conversation? And, and they looked at each other and one of them said, I don't know which one realized it first, but one of them said, you do realize the lineage works out for all this. I don't know if she said, Joseph, didn't you tell me that your grandfather was the, the grandson of, the grandson of, go, go get that book. Let's look at it. And, and I don't know at what point they realized it. If, if now, now, Mary being a woman, guys, I'm sorry, she, I don't know. Mary probably figured it out. Joseph was probably like, uh, what? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just going to give the women the credit so I don't get in trouble later on this part of the story. And all the women are like, you're right, buddy, you're right. So at some point, somebody connected the dots. You see what I'm saying? And at some, by, at some point, okay, I'm just going to go to the old classic Bible here. I don't, I don't know at what point in the conversation if they brought out a scroll or if somebody said, well, Joseph, you know your dad... I'm going to try. 
Methan, who was the son of Eleazar, who was the son of Elihud, who was the son of Akim, who was the son of Zadok, who was the son of Azor, who was the son of another Eliakim, who Eliakim, who was the son of Abihud, who was the son of Zerubbabel, who was the son of Sheatel, who was the son of Jeconiah, who was the son of Josiah, the son of Amon. But all the way back, Solomon was the son of David. And let's go back some more generations to Jacob, the son of Isaac, Isaac, the son of Abraham. I'm not going to make you suffer through me trying to read all those words, but at some point they must have had a conversation that they were like, That's why. That's why. That's why our paths cross, Joseph. Because you are in the line. And everything that that angel said to me, and everything that that angel said to you, it makes sense. Because you're like the great 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 grandson of King David, Joseph. You didn't even tell me that when we were dating. I mean, that's something I should have known. Maybe he did. I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud here. But at some point, they had the conversation. Wow. And as Mary is singing this song, she's recognizing God's faithfulness and the promise that was made way, 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 way back to Abraham. That has landed in her living room and literally inside of her body. And what does that do for her? Remembering God's faithfulness gives her the strength that she needs to be able to go through what's coming. I mean, people just kind of nod at me and say, There's been many times, Pastor, where I've had to remember the faithfulness of God because of what's coming, because of what I'm seeing. I've had to go back and think back, back, back and recall all the things that God has done. And can I tell you this morning, that, that's so important. You know how important that is in your own life. But can we just stop here in this season and say, oh wow, wh what a light bulb moment if we can fully understand today as much as we can. The faithfulness of God that we can sit here today in Rinkin, Georgia and know this story. That this story has been passed down. That somebody told you that today you can know that and, and it be a part of your life. So rejoicing in what God's done. Responding with humility. Recognizing God's strength. Recalling His faithfulness. If we'll put those things that were a part of Mary's song into our lives, not just over the next eight days, what it'll do for us as we head into December 25th, but what would it do for us every day if we put those, those elements of that song into our soul and Mary's soul song becomes our soul song? Mary, did you know? Yeah, she knew a lot. Did she know it all? No. Because you read over later on a couple chapters over in Luke, Jesus is in the temple at 12 years old and he's teaching. And he looks at her and says, didn't you know that I had to be here teaching? And Mary, she didn't. She didn't know. She didn't know it all. But can I tell us, I'm looking at people this morning. Kevin, if you'll come and play. I'm looking at people this morning who we do know. We know more than Mary knew because we're on this side of the cross. Do we know it all? No. That's what makes it a walk of faith. We've talked about that a lot over the last month. We don't know it all, but I can trust that He does. And you can trust today that He does. So I want to ask you this morning, what's your soul singing this Christmas? What's your soul singing? Are you singing Grinch songs? I'll be so glad when this is over. So glad when life gets back to normal. Are you just ready for it to be done? 
or you're singing a song that's not tied to presents or gifts or December 25th or anything. It's all tied in the fact that Jesus came, Jesus lived, Jesus gave his life, and most importantly, Jesus rose from the grave. How important is that for us to know? And we hear it and we know it all the time, but Lord, help us. I pray it for me. I pray it for you today. God, help it not to just to become, okay, we've heard that before. Because that's it. That's everything we can hang our lives on right there. That's all we need. And in that simple soul song that Mary sang is all the components that we need to be able to walk this out every day. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Amen. Let's stand together this morning. That's the worship team to join me up here. And I'm going to ask you to come today. I'm going to ask us all to come together this morning uh, and just close together in prayer this morning. So if you'll come, everybody. I want to ask everybody to come this morning. Everybody come up close. Great crowd today. So we'll need you to come up close. But I want us to close our time of worship today. Just singing a, a soul song. And as you come, I want to encourage you today. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through today, whatever the obstacle is that's, that's in your life today. That if you respond the way Mary responded, in worship and in praise, it does something. It does something to you. Don't just go through the season just trudging through. Allow the life of what we're singing about, what we're talking about to come alive inside of you. I want us to sing, start with that second verse of this song we sang this morning. And uh, we've already sang this once this morning, so, so now you know it, even if it's a new song to you. It's not Fahu Musrus Ramus, so it's a lot easier than that. So here's, here's, here's how I want us to close. I want us together, Rinkin Church of God, to sing this soul song. I want you to let this song come from your toes, out of your mouth, in worship to Him today, realizing that a king like this is what it's all about. Let's start with that second verse. Go ahead, Trent. A king like this, the highest name in the song of heaven, betrayed by a kiss and led to the cross for our forgiveness. The light the light has come. Sing that again, come on. A king like this, a saving love that would not forsake us, betrayed by a kiss and led to the cross for our forgiveness. The light, the light. Sing, has He come. is Christ. He is Christ. The
this week, God, over all of us as we go forward from here over the next week heading into Christmas Day, that Lord, this week, our lives will be full of a, of a soul song, full of praise, rejoicing, celebrating what has happened. Lord, I pray in a fresh way, you'll give us a fresh revelation of who you are and what you did to come as a baby to become a man to give your life and to rise from the dead God may a, a freshness come into our walk with you this week as we consider that and Lord for every person here who has those places and those things like Mary did that it just seemed like they, they just can't understand them they can't wrap their brain around them I pray that you would encourage them and, and grant them that same type of faith that Mary had to be able to look at your word and look at your faithfulness and to walk through the trials of life certain that you are with us, that you are faithful, that you are strong, and that you are mighty. God, grant grace and peace and strength to every person and every life that needs it today. And we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I want to invite you to be with us tonight at 6 o'clock, our annual candlelight night of worship. It'll be a great night just to come, to be together, to sing, and to worship. We hope to see you tonight. Enjoy some refreshments as you leave today. There's cookies and hot chocolate or cider or something like that. We hope to see you back.